3: Welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast that is, uh, you know, it, 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 this, this, this is a podcast about the world falling apart. The world is, in fact, falling apart extremely quickly right now. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm your host, Christopher, and I am here today to talk about an immense occupying army with an extensive record of torture and extrajudicial killings. I am referring, of course, to the Chicago Police Department. And uh, with, with me to talk about uh, yet more just absolute horrors that this department has committed uh, here and worldwide, I have Raven, who is a journalist from Chicago Free Media. Raven, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us.
4: Hi, thank you for having me.
3: Yeah, how, how, how have you been holding up in these, uh, oh boy, <laughs> things are going bad <laughs>
4: times? <laughs> Yeah. You know, we, uh, we had discussed doing this interview earlier this week and I don't think either of us expected, uh, Russia to invade Ukraine last night. Yep. That was, (laughs) yeah.
3: And that wasn't even the, yeah, it was the convoy. Yeah. This is, this is a, this is a, a time of, of chaos and death. Um, but I, I, I think it, it's important to understand that it has all it has always been a time of chaos and death and right. yeah and, and i think it's especially where the chicago police department is concerned um we've talked about we've we've talked about some of their more famous crimes on the show but i wanted to have raven on to talk about uh, a police killing that i don't think got that much attention i mean not even even it got, it got a lot of attention in chicago but even inside of Chicago, I don't think it's as well known as some of the other police killings. And that's the killing of Rakia Boyd. Um, Yeah, uh, Raven, do you want to walk us through how... Uh, basically, what, what happened the night that uh, Dante Servan killed Rekia Boyd? And yeah, we can start from there.
4: Sure, sure. I mean, there's some context here, for sure, about sort of the the way we ignore the murders of Black women specifically. yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, Rekia Boyd was was murdered after sort of like the first wave of of national Black Lives Matter protests. So it wasn't like it wasn't on the radar, right, that people weren't talking about police killing Black people. Um, but there, you know, there is this long-standing issue of course with like the killings of Black women specifically not getting as much attention, right? And this was just such a horrible, horrible incident that like, I mean, looking at the details, even even though I live here and I was like around when it happened and some of our other, you know, the other journalists in our collective covered the protests and, and, and the, the court drama and everything, it, it still just blows my mind um, the way this happened. And, um, you know, ultimately, the, the most important thing to take away from it is that her family never saw justice. He walked away. He walked away from the incident and then went on to start training police in Latin America, which we can talk about also. Yeah. So, so not only did this, did the Chicago police officer who was off duty with an unregistered gun murder an innocent 22 year old black woman hang out with her friends in a park. He then got a job with like a tactical training Institute to travel to Honduras and train police there. Yeah. And I, I
3: think, yeah, we can, we, I think we, yeah, we, we definitely will be getting to the sort of international right. angle of this, but
4: yeah, yeah the I export f- of American policing essentially. Yeah.
3: yeah but I guess for, for people who aren't familiar with what happens, um, can, 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 right. can we walk through that?
4: Yeah. So, so Servan showed up um, at a park with an unregistered gun Um, he, you know, witnesses reported that he smelled like alcohol that night. He may have been drinking. I don't know that that was ever verified, but certainly wouldn't be surprising. Um, showed up at this park to complain about a group of people making noise. And one of Ricky Boyd's friends approached the car with his cell phone in his hand, which Servant then would go on to say, thought was a gun, and started firing shots and, and shot Rukia Boyd in the head. Um, he wasn't on duty. He wasn't actively policing. This was a totally, totally outside of the realm of duty incident, right? Yeah. Um, and no weapon was ever recovered from the scene. Nothing like that. I mean, it was uh, there was no in no universe was there any justification for this right yeah it, it just defies it defies logic <laughs> like that that it could even happen this way um and after it happened you know so not only did he kill Rikia boyd in this park um but after it happened there was there was just a lot of like there were a lot of missteps in in the justice system um and it had been i think i want to say like 17 years at that point since a Chicago cop had actually been charged with, with murder. Right. Um, so it had been a long time since there had been even any accountability. And, um, basically the prosecutor, uh, there was something called a directed verdict where the prosecutor essentially undercharged him intentionally, or we think it was intentionally, um, with, with, with like reckless conduct and manslaughter and the judge tossed the case because the judge was saying, you know, it it didn't even meet the criteria for for reckless conduct because it was clearly first degree murder. And then he couldn't be tried again because of rules surrounding double jeopardy.
3: Which is like just a, like, it's just like, what? Like, it's, it's such, like, I was reading this, it was like, it's it's baffling, like, it's, like, the, 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 the it's, this whole thing is, like, it's, it's very, like, very, very, seems very clearly set up to fail. It's like, yeah, like, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna intentionally have a case where we try this guy with things that you, that you just, you cannot convict him of, because, it like, it, again, it, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, like, manslaughter, he just, he, he drove up and shot her. Like, right. he, he, he very, like, very clearly with intention shot Ricky Boyd. And it very much seems like they planned this out, that they were in, like, in, and, and you know, this is, we, we've talked about this on, on the last uh, CPD episode, like prosecutors collaborate with judges and the police constantly, because that's just how the, the thing called the justice system works. Um, but like, yeah, like, this is like a particularly egregious example of them just setting up a case that they know that they just knew would fail.
4: Exactly, and and this is the same prosecutor who was ousted in the aftermath of the uh, the Laquan McDonald murder. Um, you know, there were there were very large protests. Then there was a hashtag going on social media. Her name's Anita Alvarez, so the hashtag was by Anita. Yeah,
3: and and the, the thing um, was Anita Alvarez, like I think people outside the city probably d- didn't don't know about much about this, but like this. Anita Alvarez was like so hated that like like, every, like like everyone in the city basically worked together to run her out. Like you had like you had like liberals and anarchist groups like working together. Like <laughs> like, like, ever, like everyone in the city, like the all like the, the, the electoralists and the anti-electoralists, like the p- people who just like have no politics basically whatsoever. Like it was it was this sort of it was this really incredible like coalition because she like just the stuff Anita Alvarez is doing is just so egregious that everyone was able to find a way to put aside their differences on just the logic of get her out.
4: Right. Right. But you know, to note again, that was in the aftermath of of the Laquan McDonald shooting and you know, it it wasn't, it didn't, what happened with Rakia Boyd wasn't enough to, to spur those large protests. And and this is not to, like, denigrate or demean the people who did come out in protest, because it's still, like... Like, there were still protests. Don't get me wrong. Like, people showed up for Rekia, but the difference in people showing up for Rekia and people showing up for Black men being shot, you know, like, that that's something that Black women have drawn attention to, yeah. you know? They're like, why yeah. don't you care when we get murdered? Um, and it's just... It's become this sort of... Um, you know, ongoing chant. like if, if you go to any Chicago racial justice protest, you will hear people say, we do this for Laquan, we do this for Rikia because it's just one of those names that for whatever reason, based on what was going on in the media at the time, just like, didn't make its way outside of Chicago very much. Yeah. Um, and, and we're seeing a similar sort of situation right now with what happened with the Locke in Minneapolis, yeah. right? Like that was something where I think a lot of us thought, okay, wow, this this is gonna this is gonna explode. You know, this is such just a horrible miscarriage of justice. Like, how could this happen? Um, surely there will be massive protests again. You know, something like that. And, and of course, you know, Minneapolis was out there. We had like some small actions here in Chicago, but didn't really catch fire, so to say.
2: For just being
1: me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
3: I mean, I think that there's always sort of cycles of this. Where, you know, there's cycles where you get these massive protesting cycles you don't. But, you know, and I think this is one of the things with, that you can look at with Rekia Boy too, where it's it's like, r- regardless of whether people are in the streets or not, the killing continues and right. Yeah. And I I think that's just sort of, that's an extremely grim thing to live with, but that, that just, you know, that, that, that's just what the police is. Right. And until, you know, and and, until they are actually stopped, you're just going to keep getting this cycle of, I don't even know if select like selective outrage is the right word, but you get these cycles of people who get murdered and there's these protests and people who get murdered and get forgotten. And yeah yeah
4: yeah and and it it really does seem to be kind of you know there's a lot of layers to it like like obviously the the misogyny against black women is part of it and i think the media just you know is, is a part of it too like i mean we're, i'm a part of the media in in a sense but we're alternative media so it's a little bit different but you know like there are there are choices made behind closed doors about what stories to follow and, and amplify. And, um, I will say, you know, what I will say is I think because of what happened in 2020, I think there's a lot more scrutiny on Chicago police now, at least more mainstream scrutiny of them than there was back in 2012 when Rakia was murdered. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that we're doing enough because we, ab- we absolutely
3: are not. Nope.
4: But yeah. I, I I think 2020 did in some way, you know, push things just like a little bit further, if that makes sense. That, you know, there are some more liberal mainstream types of people talking about the horrors of Chicago policing and, and all of that. But, you know, when it comes to Chicago police, like I, I just... Their their apparatus is so massive, like not just from like the funding they get, but like their media and PR. You know the the prosecutors and the judges, like you mentioned, are absolutely part of the policing apparatus. Like they're not separate, right? It's prosecutors are cops, and we have a prosecutor yeah. for a mayor, and yep. she is a cop. <laughs> like yep. like and and you know it, it was black youth who tried so hard to speak up about this before she was elected and, and said like Lori Lightfoot is a cop and people didn't listen to yeah. them and that's <sighs> where we're at now where we have this, this prosecutor for a mayor who's because of her background like she can only view things through a punitive lens like her answer to everything is just punishment yeah, how like can we she, How can we punish people
3: yeah like one, one of the things she, she was trying to do recently was she wanted to do these like uh, basically, this measure where it, they they called it like an anti-gang funding thing, but it was basically just like if there's a group of people, you can just take the cops and just take money from them. And it was like nah. it was this incredible, incredible thing. Like it was it was, you know, I, part, part of what's going on here is that I, I've talked about this before, but like Lori Lightfoot is, you know, at, at the time. I think people voted for her partially because they just didn't listen and the Northsiders were just like, oh, hey, look, it's Lori Lightfoot. But then, you know, like part of it was you know, like she 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 ran as like the anti-machine candidate and it was like, no, she's just a cop. But like what I think is interesting is, you know, like she she's like incredibly widely hated, like to, to the point where like you know, the Chicago city council is like not notably a, a, a anti-police body, but like, even the city council was like, you can't do this. Like, then they, they, you know, they, they actually blocked, I think if, 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 if I'm, if I'm getting my, my, my facts right on this, like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they, 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 they blocked life with proposal because it was just like, even, they did, yeah. 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 And, and that, that's been one of the things that like, like we've had a couple of like, Weird kind of like attempts to rein the CPD in, but they're not really happening because of like anti police sentiment. They're basically happening because the city council's feuding with the mayor, right. which is right weird.
4: Yeah, and and you know I've seen it like I it, it's it's she's such an god I could the the figure of Mayor Lori, Lori Lightfoot. I mean, it just makes no sense, right? Because she's hated by people on the left you know who obviously are anti-policing she's also hated by the police yeah the police hate her i mean it, it's, it's incredible
3: she, yeah
4: she i mean if you go through any of the conservative like cop blogs and and twitter accounts you know chicago police are very active on on social media right which is you know it's whole a whole thing in of itself yeah. because <laughs> These people, you know, they shouldn't be broadcasting the things on social media that they do, but she's universally hated by everyone at this point. Um, So, you know, it's just been a really, it's been a really tough couple years for Chicago since the riots especially because Chicago, just the word, has become so loaded in the national media, right? Like, it's become this 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 racist boogeyman essentially for like what what could happen to your city if if the woke mobs successfully defund the police or you know whatever which is completely at odds with reality because at no point have we defunded the police like their budget just keeps increasing
3: (laughs) yeah like what what's what's their budget it's like like is it I want to say it's forty percent of the total budget but I think that's low
4: it's something like that. I mean, it's billions of dollars. Like it's,
0: yeah,
4: we're pumping billions of dollars into this standing army that has, that is basically yeah, occupying
3: 40, 40% of, of, of Chicago's budget is, it goes to the police department.
4: Right. Right. And, you know, all of that money could obviously be spent on other things. And, and we know like, We know what reduces crime. I mean, obviously we could get into like the category of what even is a crime, right? Like there are certainly lots of things that shouldn't be labeled crimes that are, but we know that communities with resources don't have significant violent crime problems. Like we know that lifting people out of poverty and and giving them opportunities and, and homes and all of these things, like we know that that reduces interpersonal harm. And instead we just keep looking at everything through this lens of punishment and how punitive we can be.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it's been, I don't know. I, uh, the Chicago police department is just, it's just an absolute horror show. Yeah. and
4: it's a horror show and and they're also like it's a horror show not just because of how evil they are but also because they're incompetent right yeah so <laughs> like you've got them doing all of these really bad things and then they also just like struggle to to cover up their crimes <laughs> and they're yeah. just, they're messing up like along the way at every step
3: <laughs> yeah and it's yeah, i i don't know they they, they have the cpd's like it's they, they they have this kind of you. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you uni- exactly unique it is. But but I, I think go, go, going back to our sort of theory of like every police department has one thing that they're really good at. It's the CBD has this unique combination of like incompetence, torture and crime that they do. That's like, I, I think sort of I think sets it apart from a lot of other <laughs> um, Yeah. um police departments. Yeah.
2: Just being
1: me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters, May 17th.
3: I think that's a good place to sort of jump off into the second, I guess, part of the Rakia Boyd story, or really, as this is, it seems to be the Rakia Boyd story, it's the story of uh, Dante Servin, which is his role in essentially exporting. American policing and the horrors of um you know, the horrors of the American police system and the horrors of sort of American imperialism to other countries because it is it right. is not enough that the CPD murders people here they've also got to do it other places
4: <laughs> right right and and so there was a there was a Chicago Reader piece written about this um, back in February 2020 servants not mentioned in it but. It was a really good story. I recommend people look it up because, you know, some of this research is not like my original research, right? It it stems from the research that people with the Invisible Institute did. But essentially, you know, there are Chicago police officers, and and there's one in particular. His name is Aaron Cunningham. He's the man who um, founded this Tactical Training Institute um, that – go you know, they go abroad, like they go to different countries and and it's private privately funded though they claim to be working with with the feds and there's a lot of like weird gray area there where there's not a lot of oversight yeah. and nobody really knows like are you getting federal money to do this? Are you just saying you are like like what's the deal right but but Cunningham was essentially like a crooked cop who funded this tactical training institute so that they go overseas to under-resourced countries with under-resourced police departments and train them in how to be police. They train them in crowd control. They train them in like narcotics and drug investigations. They train them in like gang warfare, you know, all of these things, right? And these are countries that have tremendous issues with like, you know, outright warfare going on between gangs and the existing police forces, right? So they're in desperate need of of, of aid, of assistance. And, and, of course, like, some of these conflicts that are going on stem from American imperialism to begin with, right? So it's like, we caused the problems, then we're going to come in and, like, send a bunch of cops over who, like, you know, have extensive misconduct records in their, in their home cities. And some of them have even just like murdered innocent women in the park. Yeah. And we're going to have them train your guys into how to be cops.
3: Yeah. And, I, and yeah, you know, that, that goes about as well as you would expect it to, which is I mean, one one of the things that the reader piece talks about is so one of the, they, they, these guys get brought in to train a bunch of cops in El Salvador after the El Salvadorian police do a bunch of horrible massacres. And then they, they train these cops and then the cops immediately turn around and also again do a bunch of horrible massacres. And yeah. it's it's this it's this <laughs> you know. I mean I I I I I I I don't want to de-emphasize the fact that like the like El Salvador for example like is a place that has its own like native right wing like like it has like it has its own salvadorian like right wing death squads right and they they've you know been backed by the cia but like yeah and i i i I, I don't want to like under like underplay just how violent just like the local reactionaries are because it's it's right. not it's like it's 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 not like they they wouldn't also be death squads if the U.S. wasn't there, but like the U.S. you know and, and the Chicago Police Department sending people to train them is making them even worse, and it's
4: yeah yeah and and every place has their own right-wing reactionaries right like we're seeing (laughs) right now to bring to loop everything together and just bring us back to like what's going on with ukraine and and russia (laughs) um it's related you know like both sides of this conflict have their own reactionary right-wing forces right yeah and anywhere you go around the world that's going to be a thing and empires like the american empire or the Russian Empire, or, or the El Salvador Empire, you know, whatever empire it, it, they're going to be looking for ways to take advantage of of those forces. Yeah,
3: and, to and achieve I, their own ends. I I think that I I what I, what I think is important, like wh- one of the things I think is important about this politically is, is to understand that there is a like there 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 is an incredible amount of international solidarity between cops right they have yeah you know like that you know i've seen i think there's a book called the thin blue line international but it's yeah i mean that that's that's a (laughs) thing like you you see this basically everywhere the cops like the 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 cops know which side they're on and it's the side of the other cops and i think that's something that that confuses a lot of people because you get things like like for example like like the, the chinese police right like the chinese police like Go like we're trained by I think I mean well you know okay so the, the the like the Chinese police in Hong Kong for example like that that police force like is still literally just a colonial British police force they just they didn't even like they didn't even bring in new people they just like promoted a new person who was a a British colonial police officer and then made them the new head of the police and then. You know, and, and those those and those cops are also trained by they're, they're trained by American cops, they are trained by British cops, uh, they're trained a lot by Israeli cops. Um, this is and this is the, this is the same thing. You know, this is the same thing with 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 the, like the the you know like this this is the sort of the same effect that gets you like Eric Prince like you know being being like hired by the CCP to run stuff in Xinjiang. Like it, it's it's there's there's an incredible right-wing sort of militarist comp alliance that go just, you know, it's, 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 it's a kind of international police solidarity that scrambles a lot of the sort of perceptions of what people think, like, like what, what, how, how people try to think about the world because. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and like, it, like fun, fundamentally, like the, 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 the basis they have is the defense of property and the defense of sort of the 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 like the 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 I usually call it like the, the 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 global white supremacist regime, and they right. all know you know like when 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 an American cop goes to El Salvador like they they know which side they're on. They're on the cop side, and it's right. and you know and and they they share they they share information. They share weapons. They share tactics. They share. I mean, just literally people. They share training right. and. Yeah, and, and of course, because, again, it's the CPD, uh, they shared Dante Servin.
4: <laughs> yeah, and so he, he I you know, apparently at some point, very shortly after the murder of Rakia Boyd, it, it looks like, based on what I've seen on his social media and what I've pieced together from from his employment history, it looks like he had begun working with one of these tactical training institutes right before the murder. And then he murdered Rakia Boyd. And I mean, I guess technically I'm not supposed to use the word murder, but you know. No, whatever, I mean murder. Fuck him. <laughs> like him. Uh, yeah, no, fuck him. He murdered Rakia Boyd. <laughs> yeah. And so so he murdered Rakia Boyd. And then everything happened with like going through court. And he walked away without being charged or imprisoned. Or, I mean, he was charged, but without being convicted or imprisoned. Then... Um, the police board, you know, recommended his firing, but he resigned two days before, like, he was supposed to have his hearing. So he still gets a pension. Ah. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Oh, um, God. Yeah. And so he gets, yeah, I I don't, i have to confirm that, but I'm pretty sure he gets the pension. So he resigns and then at some point after he resigns, he starts posting to social media about his trips to Honduras and, you know, is posting mm-hmm. photos of, of like hanging out in the bar with, with the cops down there and, and kind of just all of that. And this is not like public information. Like it's, he has like a LinkedIn page where yeah. he like, like lists yeah. the things he's been doing. Like, like this is completely public. I don't know like why nobody, knows about it or has talked about it. Um, But, you know, that also, I think, just comes back to this murder kind of flying under the national radar a lot. Um, And so, you know, we don't know what company or organization he's there with. Um, It doesn't say he's with International Tactical Training Association, which is the the Chicago-based group led by Aaron Cunningham and his wife. My guess would be it's that group because that's the big one out of face yeah. chi- out of Chicago, yeah. but you know, like we can't, I can't prove it.
3: Yeah, it, and, it, could, it could be another. It could be another right wing tactical training group that's uh, training desk. squads in El well, Salvador.
4: Yeah, and that's the <laughs> thing, right? Is that this is not just happening here in Chicago. So, like, there are these tactical training groups all over, and there are a number of U.S.-based ones started by different police officers. From different departments because it's kind of like a career path for them in a sense because it's a thing they can do once they retire you get and it's a money maker you hold these these tactical training seminars and so a number of them are domestically based right like they're not necessarily going overseas but what they're doing is they're they're having these seminars and they're training other police officers in like certain things like some of them might be like an afternoon session where you go and you learn about like, you know, firearm safety or something. Then there might be like larger ones where you go and you like stay and camp out for like three days and you practice like ambushing guerrilla gangs in the jungle or something like yeah. that. Um, And then a lot of them are are based around gun safety and firearms training and some of those are open to the general public. It depends. Some of these are like only for other cops or law enforcement and you have to like show ID or military and you have to like prove um, that you're affiliated with police or military. Some of them are open to the public and you just have to have like a firearms card. Oh boy. So that's problematic yep. for one reason because we found out in the aftermath of the January 6th Capitol riot that a number of few, a number of the Capitol rioters did attend like firearms training classes, tactical training classes in just various sort of locations. Yep. So this is a way for officers who have left the force for whatever reason to then have a captive audience and yeah, they're teaching them how to like shoot guns and, you know, follow the more like specific sort of things like that. But what kind of conversations are they having? Like what kind of ideology is being espoused? What kind of other people are showing up to these meetings and what are they talking about? What groups are they recruiting for? What are their affiliations?
3: Yeah, and and I think and I think that that's something that's important to think about, and also to you know have have more generations of journalists look into because, you know, when when you look at these, I mean, like you know, we we we've had stories like this before, right? Like, I mean, this is a lot of how, for example, like the the the, the Taiwanese special forces, for example. Uh, Spent an enormous amount of well, partially special forces, partially just the Taiwanese army. Spent an enormous amount of time doing stuff very similar to this, and you know the pro- the product of that was. and This, this is a uh, this is a Cold War era. Um, they're doing this in the seventies. They're doing this in the eighties. Some extent in the sixties. Um, you know, and and I mean the, the product of this is like arena. The product of this is you know the the. Like the, the like, like one of the people they trained did the El Mozote massacre, like, and that 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 kind of stuff. You you can trace these these influence networks, and you can trace these sort of some. I mean, so a lot of this is I mean, literally just funded by weird cults. Um, but you can you know you you can trace these different sort of paramilitary intelligence influence networks, and what you see at the end of them is, but a, a lot of the time it's just a bunch of fascists, and it's a bunch it's a bunch yeah. of fascists doing coups, and you know like in in, in some sense like. Yeah, this is this is a kind of like, you know, like li, 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 liberal democracy has this sort of problem, right? Which is that in order for liberal democracy to, you know, function as a liberal democracy, you have to have cops, and that means that you're, you know, you 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 are producing domestically and internationally a group of just ferocious, bloodthirsty right wing murderers, and you're you're giving them state authority, and you're giving them all these training and weapons, and you know the 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 product of that is. They, they do what they're trained to do, which is they kill people, they torture people, they train other people how to do this. And yeah, you, you get these, these cascading series of effects that lead, you know, a bunch of people taking these classes to January 6th. They lead them to coups all over the world. They lead them to death squads all over the world. This has been It Could Happen Here. Join us tomorrow for part two of our interview with Raven. You can find us at Instagram and on Twitter at Pod. Uh, check out The Cool Zone for more of our podcast. And thank you for listening.